0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm David Ignatius, a columnist for the Post. I'm honored to be joined today by President Salome Jurabashvili, the president of Georgia, whose country was invaded by Russia in 2008 in what many analysts believe was a precursor the invasion of Ukraine that we're witnessing now. Madam President, thank you for joining us today on Washington Post Live.
1: Hello, I'm very glad and thank you very much for having me in this.
0: So, Madam President, I know that you've just come from the memorial service at the Washington Cathedral for former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. Uh, Like uh, you, Secretary Albright was a believer in women and leadership. I want to ask you a a personal question to start. What do you think Madeleine Albright would have said today about the situation in Ukraine and Russia's invasion?
1: I think that she would have, as she had uh, done all her life, Uh, she would have been on the side uh, of freedom, uh, of democracy, uh, and of resilience. I think that's the story of her. life as a refugee that fled uh, fascism at her time and that uh, all her life uh, has continued uh, to fight for freedom and and democracy and for also uh, women leaders. So I think that uh, this is the time uh, for her where probably the world would have needed uh, leaders like that more even. Uh, And uh, I think that we should continue this uh, legacy uh, and never accept uh, that a country uh, in the 21st century be uh, aggressed, invaded the way uh, Ukraine is today, uh, the way its uh, population, civilians, women, and children are being treated, and their uh, inability until now to choose their alliances, which is uh, the main a part of uh, what uh, the independence means
0: uh, i'm sure that secretary albright were she alive would salute your courage and thank you for your journey to the united states and and so speaking speaking so clearly about about the situation i want to ask you about the latest developments in the ukraine war uh, over the last several days we've had uh, disruptions in transnistria Uh, breakaway area in Moldova that are reminiscent to me of what happened in Georgia in 2008. I want to ask you whether you see uh, this as a provocation uh, that might be a pretext for aggressive Russian move uh, along the uh, Ukrainian coast towards uh, Transnistria and Georgia, and if so, what the West uh, and Black Sea neighbors uh, should do about this.
1: Well, I think these are uh, manipulations, uh, for the time being. The, the type of which uh, we know uh, Russian uh, has been in the habit of uh, using uh, in putting pressure. Uh, and clearly, what's happening today in Moldova is, in, for the time being, an indirect pressure uh, through Transnistria on the Moldovan government in order to stir uh, fears among the the population. Uh, On our side, uh, also, Russia has been playing with the uh, uh, separatist-occupied territories, and they have been claiming that they want to hold a referendum to be reunited to Russia. Uh, So all of that is really playing on the nerves uh, of both Moldova and Georgia, which are the two countries uh, that are the closest to Russia that are in the same trio as Ukraine wanting to join NATO and the European Union uh, and that are not uh, protected uh, by either uh, the NATO Article 5 or by the uh, European Union direct uh, solidarity. So clearly uh, it's a vulnerability, uh, but I think that it means uh, that we should get more attention, uh, more support, clearly the focus has to be Ukraine, the direct support has to be Ukraine, uh, but we should not be forgotten, and that is the sense uh, of my trip to Washington, this time together with wanting to be present for uh, the ceremony for Madeleine Albright, which I knew uh, personally, Uh, it is also the time that I choose uh, in order to send this message that uh, Georgia should not Uh, be forgotten, uh, that if it appears in Moscow uh, that there is less attention towards either Moldova or Georgia, uh, that might be a temptation uh, for the Russian leadership to uh, turn its attention toward those two countries.
0: Madam President, let me ask you, uh, uh, frankly, first, whether you think Georgia may be next uh, as a target of President Putin's attacks. And second, what specifically you've asked President Biden and the administration to do to help Georgia uh, uh, avoid that that possibility?
1: Well, first of all, I would never say that I fear that will be next, because you should never uh, prejudice the future. And I don't want to Uh, make that kind of prognosis. I just say that we should be careful. Uh, We should uh, not lose the attention of both our European partners and our American partners. So the main call that I'm making in uh, in Washington uh, is uh, for Georgia to be more present in uh, the way uh, the administration speaks about the issues, uh, in the way the administration uh, has been attentive to the developments uh, in uh, our region uh, of course uh, it means uh, that we uh, would need also more support that means the the support in terms uh, of the uh, allocation of resources the uh, which is now in the process of being the debated, Uh, Georgia Support Act, it's something that we are uh, clearly very thankful for, support for the new path towards uh, European integration uh, that the European leadership has been opening for Ukraine and for Moldova and and Georgia. Uh, These are the answers. Uh, to uh, any form uh, of challenge that, uh, or threat that Russia might pose to our country or, in that case, to Moldova.
0: One question as we look at Russian activities uh, in the southeast of Ukraine is whether the Russian military is strong enough to move its campaign west towards Odessa and Moldova I want to ask you what your judgment is, as you and your advisors in Georgia have watched the Russian military so far. What assessment you'd make about its performance? It's been a surprise to many here in the United States how poorly the Russians have done. Do your do your generals and advisors feel the same way?
1: I think everybody has been wrong uh, in making predictions about what uh, how strong uh, Russia would perform uh, in Ukraine. Uh, Everybody, including Russia, has been wrong on how uh, they could perform. Uh, So all the calculations were wrong, and uh, Ukrainians have proven uh, that when you're defending your own territory, your own country, uh, you are fighting uh, much more uh, efficiently uh, than when you're Uh, invading, and you don't know, and that's a case of the Russian soldiers, you don't know for what reason you're invading that uh, country, which has been described to you as being a brotherly uh, country. Uh, So all the calculations were mistaken. Uh, Now we don't know the second phase, uh, which is centered now more uh, in the east and southeast uh, of Ukraine, uh, how it will go about. But uh, clearly, there too, calculations uh, are not that correct, uh, because this massive uh, aggression towards uh, more centered on the the East is not proving uh, either to be very successful. Um, We all hope, and especially in Georgia, that uh, it won't be successful, and especially the uh, attempts to go towards Odessa Uh, and towards Randistria, which would mean uh, that Russia could take control of that whole shore of the the Black Sea. And that would be very preoccupying, and very preoccupying not only for Georgia, uh, but I would say for the European Union and for all our partners. Because clearly, the Black Sea uh, is a strategic uh, sea, strategic for all our future plans. Uh, of transit, of energy uh, transit, and not only uh, energy, but also all the communication connectivity lines that are the big plans for this century. Uh, These are uh, connections, cooperation. These were the plans for the 21st century and not a new war and confrontation that Russia uh, has been starting as if we were somewhere in the 20th century.
0: You've been outspoken, Madam President, as as today in our conversation, uh, in your uh, uh, criticism of Russia's actions. But not everyone in, in Georgia uh, is willing to speak out in the same way. Uh, you've gotten some criticism from what I read from your own governing party uh, after some of your statements. And you made a comment in an interview last month with National Public Radio that caught my eye. I just wanna read it to you and ask you if you'd uh, elaborate. You said, we're in this dilemma of not confronting Russia, not provoking Russian reactions, but at the same time keeping our principles, which is solidarity with Ukraine, which is our closeness with the European Union and NATO. Could you describe that dilemma and and tell us whether you face um, uh, efforts by Russia internally in Georgia to uh, uh, make difficulty for your positions?
1: Uh, Well, you know, it's very clear that uh, when a country has gone through uh, the war that we had with Russia in 2008, and that's not the only one, uh, we uh, had war in 1991, 92, right after Uh, the independence when Russia used the separatist forces against the newly uh, independent Georgia. That was a case in 1921, during the first independence of Georgia, when my family had to flee uh, Georgia under the Russian occupation. So it's not very new. And for a country that is uh, occupied, that has 20% of its territory that is occupied, uh, it's clear that we cannot afford to start, confrontation, to provoke, uh, to be in any way uh, responsible for uh, Russia trying to, uh, again, attack our independence or our territory. Uh, but again, our history, uh, the 26 centuries of Georgian history, state history, means uh, that you cannot renounce your principles, uh, that if you do so, then you lose your independence, you lose your identity and uh, Georgia has been able for 26 century to preserve this identity, this uh, territory, its face, uh, the uh, Orthodox face, and uh, all of that is what makes uh, Georgia. So it's a a difficult line and uh, sometimes uh, maybe uh, we do not have exactly the same wording between the government and myself to find this uh, line uh, of balance. But I think that all in all, uh, Georgia is very united. The Georgian population is 100% united in its solidarity with Ukraine because it understands uh, that this solidarity with Ukraine is also a solidarity with our own principles, with our history and with our defense of our independence today.
0: Let me ask you, Madam President, to speak uh, a bit about President Putin of Russia. You you have a, a unique perspective of uh, being a neighbor and having been subject to uh, Russian aggression. Uh, give us your sense of, of uh, Putin, how he thinks about the use of power. And if you would, uh, it's often uh, questioned in this country whether Putin is a rational actor. And I'd be interested in your judgment of, about about that. Whether 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 Putin uh, acts in rational and predictable ways.
1: Well, first of all, I have to make it very clear that I um, never met him. Uh, we do not have diplomatic relations with uh, Russia, uh, so I do not have a direct contact in order to be able to uh, make a, a close judgment. Uh, what I can say that uh, I am also the uh, probably the only example in the recent uh, uh, past uh, of uh, a country uh, that was able, and I was then uh, in charge as a Ministry of Foreign Affairs, to negotiate an agreement with Russia on the withdrawal of Russian military bases uh, with my counterpart, which was uh, and is Sergei Lavrov. Uh, and that was the only agreement that uh, was uh, to its end and was respected by uh, Russia. So there was a time when uh, President Putin, who probably uh, gave his agreement to that, was uh, rational. Whether today uh, one can uh, see rational in the way that Russia is behaving, uh, I would not judge the personality, but as a country, uh, the behavior of Russia does not seem to me rational uh, because it had and it has uh, much better chances of developing its own national uh, interest, uh, its economy, uh, the situation of its population through uh, cooperation with the European Union that has been trying to do that, through cooperation with the United States and through finding with its neighbors Uh, a relationship uh, of uh, close neighborhood uh, that is very different from creating enemies all around you by invading their territories. And that is really not needed because none of these countries around uh, Russia uh, were predisposed uh, to be enemies of Russia. Uh, So there were uh, many chances that Russia didn't use Uh, to establish a a peaceful uh, network around itself. Why and what is the benefit of all that except power uh, is not very clear to me.
0: So one of uh, modern history's riddles is whether if the West had resisted uh, Russia and, and Putin more forcefully in 2008, Uh, when uh, Russia invaded uh, uh, Georgia. Uh, Subsequent history might have been different. We might never have gotten into this really quite dangerous war in Ukraine. What's your judgment? Do you think the West made a mistake in not intervening more aggressively to, to make clear that this behavior was unacceptable in 2008?
1: Yeah, I think it's very difficult to remake history. It's always uh, a very uh, complicated thing to do. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, I think that if the West uh, had been clearer uh, in its denunciation, because there was nothing uh, much more that the West would have been doing uh, at that time, uh, in 2008 in Georgia or in 2014. Uh, at the time of invasion of Crimea, uh, maybe uh, the calculations again uh, of Russia today would have been uh, different. But again, that's uh, planning on rational moves, moves uh, by the Russian leadership, and we don't know whether uh, it's true that uh, these decisions are uh, rational or whether they belong to a different uh, tradition of uh, Russia that goes before uh, the even the soviet uh, union and dates back to uh, the russian uh, empire and the way uh, it was also uh, behaving and conducted uh, its policy towards uh, all the different peoples uh, around it Uh, when you think about the fact that uh, uh, most of the uh ethnies that were uh, inhabiting the caucasus at the time when russia the Empire of Russia was moving south, were practically uh, exterminated. Uh, That is a lesson of history also that we have not learned. Let me
0: ask you, Madam President, about the future. Uh, Georgia uh, aspires to be a member of of both the European Union uh, and NATO. The European Union process seems to be moving forward Georgia just recently received a membership questionnaire from the EU. Tell us about the significance of that, and what you hear from uh, EU leaders about how 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 the process is going to go forward, and how fast uh, Georgia's uh, admission uh, might might be possible if if there's support.
1: Uh, well, I think it's uh, very extraordinary, and it shows that uh, in um, many times that in times of crisis and tragedies uh, there are at the same times uh, new uh, opportunities that present themselves and this is the case in in the case of the European Union uh, with this new uh, disposition i would say of the European leadership, both uh, nations and the leadership of the commission and the and the Council. Uh, to open this, uh, what I would call, an accelerated path towards the European Union. Uh, We still do not know uh, what uh, it uh, contains exactly, uh, what would be uh, the process itself. Uh, But I think that it means, and what I've heard, it means that it's a new, more political approach, rather than the very uh, bureaucratic procedural approach that existed before. Uh, And that would allow uh, for uh, those uh, three countries, and I think it also includes uh, the Western Balkans, uh, to become more quickly uh, what Mrs. Uh, von der Leyen called uh, to be one of us. Uh, Whether the one of us means full membership or different type of membership or exactly what it entails and when. Uh, that uh, clearly is not yet uh, fully decided, uh, but that means that there is a new chance, and that means for us that we have to be uh, ready uh, to prepare ourselves and to do uh, some of the things that maybe we have not uh, been uh, rapid enough uh, and effective enough in doing, and I'm talking about the uh, reform of the judicial system uh, all of these profound reforms that will consolidate uh, the democracy uh, and that means it's a new impetus for doing that which i think uh, is a very great chance uh, for my country
0: and, and if I understand you uh, madam president you're saying that some uh, a quick form of transitional or associate membership on the way to uh, a, a full-time, total membership of the European Union would be attractive to Georgia if that was a possibility?
1: I think anything that means that we're moving forward and that we're moving forward politically, that there are new, uh, there is a new Uh, attitude of the European uh, leaders towards this country understanding uh, that we cannot be all the time outside and waiting for a perspective that these past years was like the horizon uh, moving as we were approaching it was moving further Uh, so I think that if we want to keep uh, these uh, populations aboard. And uh, I want to remind that uh, in Georgia, the uh, Georgian population has been supportive of this uh, European Union perspective and uh, membership adhesion uh at 80%, and it has not changed over the years. Uh, but at some point in time, there is clearly, and especially when threats are gathering around us, there is a need Uh, and there is a need to be uh, considered as one of us uh, as soon as possible. And let me
0: ask uh, finally, with the remaining time we have about Georgia's uh, desire for NATO membership. Uh, Georgia's uh, request has been pending. NATO gave initial indications of support, but that was a long time ago. And there's some who think that This is uh, not in the realm of of real possibility. I want to ask you um, what uh, you're hearing from NATO leaders about Georgia's uh, desire for membership. And, And secondly, it appears that Sweden and Finland will soon be on a fast track. The membership of NATO, assuming they apply, and I, I think the likelihood is that they they will. What would Georgia Absolutely. think if they got in quickly and you didn't?
1: Well, that's not a competition between any of those countries. Uh, I think that our uh, again, uh, our wish uh, to join uh, NATO has been made very clear. It's very clear that for countries like us. Uh, The issue of security, and even more so after what is uh, happening in Ukraine, uh, the issue of security, of being protected uh, one way or the other, is becoming uh, even more important, especially uh, when it is clear that Russia is not uh, today or tomorrow Uh, changing its stance and accepting to consider uh, its neighbors as uh, partners, as equal partners, and as countries uh, whose uh, territories have not to be invaded. So the quest for security will not change. Uh, We do not know what the uh, uh, NATO leaders and uh, the NATO organization will decide. Uh, The Madrid summit, uh, pretty, in the coming weeks, will be a very important uh, step Uh, to show us what is the thinking uh, in NATO, but uh, uh, the uh, wish of Georgia, and I think I'm uh, clearly speaking also for uh, Ukraine, uh, is to get more security and not less security.
0: So, uh, Madam President, thank you for clear, forceful answers across a range of of topics. We're very grateful to you for Uh, joining us today, uh, especially uh, meaningful on the day that uh, Washington said farewell to former Secretary of State Albright. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information
0: on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.